0: Uh, one week removed from our last podcast, and a few days removed from the bye, which was great. It was it was nice. It was it was it was good. And uh, now, on the precipice is the Buffalo Bills taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Marone, Marcel Darius, Nate Hackett coming to town to take on the Bills, and Josh Allen should be back in the lineup. With me, as always, Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic. And Matthew, it, it's been over a month. It's been since mid-October since we have actually seen Josh Allen take part in a game. It has been a very trying month for fans as well. And now it seems like, even though Sean McDermott didn't officially name him the starter, it, he pretty much did say, yeah, we're it's, it's on track. So Allen seems like he's going to be in the lineup going up against the sass master himself,
1: Jalen Ramsey. It's, it's going to be a real humdinger on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know that this is the type of uh, defense he wants to see in his return, but you don't really get to pick who's on the schedule. And this is an odd defense in a lot of ways because they've had a lot of ups and downs, but last week they looked scary. They looked back to being the defense that they were last year, and Jalen Ramsey has not shut his mouth uh, <laughs> after the summer when he called Josh Allen trash. He stood by it and he said, you know, you guys all know why I said that. So he's he's ready. And he said in that GQ interview over the summer that he hopes when they play that Josh Allen is the starter because he knows he'll pick them off. So Ooh. it'll be, you know, we've talked a little bit about how Josh Allen hasn't really had those those games with a ton of turnovers. He's had some head-scratching turnovers at various times during the season, but he hasn't had a game where that you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks have. Sam Darnold's had, you know, those multi-interception games where things really get away from him. And I think the Jaguars will be trying to make that happen in this one because that's the type of defense they are. They're really aggressive and opportunistic when the ball's in the air. The only question I have is, you know, are they still going to be you know, riding the high from last week, or will there be a little bit of a, a lull after coming up so close and losing to the Steelers at right. the last second? Right, and I think more than anything for
0: Josh in, in terms of the turnovers, I wonder if there's going to be a certain a certain uh, kind of phenomenon for him which that involves not really being out there for this long. Maybe he doesn't focus on the things that he was harping on because there's been such a separation between the time he played and and now to where he's just going to get back on the field. I wonder if he goes kind of more back to his default mode from Wyoming and just kind of slings it around a little bit more. Like we saw in the preseason and maybe even in that Chargers game, it was just a little bit more. It seemed like the Vikings game was the first one where they started to reel him in and, and he didn't really push the ball down the field too often. So I, I wonder if we might be in line to see that, especially because he knows going into this that the the windows are not going to be very big for him against this Jaguars defense. Jalen Ramsey is awesome. A.J. Bouye is a really good corner as well. And... That he's going to have to feed it in there if they want to move the ball through the air, which is something that they really haven't been able to do too consistently when he was on the field uh, in in the few games before his injury. So I, I wonder if maybe he, he's, in his mind, is going to open it up a little bit more because he he doesn't really
1: have a last week of game action to kind of rely upon. Yeah, I think... There's a lot of intrigue around this game because we haven't seen Josh Allen. I know. And there's been a lot of talk and speculation about, you know, how that might have benefited him, you know, being away and not necessarily away, but being, you know, off the field and being on the sidelines and getting a chance to take a step back. We'll get to see if that impacts him at all, if it made him a better player, if it, made him a different player in any way, if he approaches the game any differently. And, you know, the last time we saw him, he wasn't, you know, having a great game, but he had probably his best throw of the season right before he got hurt. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how he comes out and what his approach is to the game, if he's taking a lot of shots, if he's, you know, how he's dealing with pressure, which was a problem for him early in the season, Um, you know, is accuracy an issue how's his timing Mm -hmm. Uh, because getting the ball out quickly wasn't a strength of his earlier this year so even though the season is a little bit off the rails for the bills and there's plenty of reasons to question what's going on uh, at one bill's drive josh allen is is the guy that can kind of fix all that Mm -hmm. if he starts to play well down the stretch and this game may not be easy on paper, but the rest of the schedule isn't all that difficult. And really, this game—it's a three-win Jaguars team right. who's been—you know—they've been very much a team of highs and lows, uh, and and their offense, their passing offense in particular, is horrific. Yeah, Blake Bortles might make Josh Allen look good on Sunday, which could be of a, a benefit to him. I think Blake Bortles is. Is really bad. I I don't know. (laughs) There's no other way. I don't think you can overstate how bad he is and how uh, much of an anchor he is on that offense. And I think they know it. And it's such a bad situation for them to have doubled down on him with that contract and to kind of be stuck with him and trying to keep the ball out of his hands in important moments. I mean, all they did was run the ball at the end of that game last week, and it was stupid, predictable play calling, but it's also one of those things where it's hard to even yeah, what else are you supposed to do? when Blake Bortles is the
0: quarterback. So, and to your point, at the end of the first quarter, going into the second quarter, the Jaguars had a 15-play drive uh, that went 64 yards, resulted in a field goal. They attempted, let's see here, one pass on those fifteen plays. Fourteen out of fifteen were run plays. And they were still able to move the ball down the field, which to their credit, I mean, if the Steelers were stacking the box, so it's like, oh, okay, good on you. Good on the offensive line there. And Fournette and Carlos Hyde and TJ Yelpin and all and and that group. But I mean, that's not sustainable. <laughs> and I think having that kind of offense is going to be a refreshing thing for Bills fans, especially if Josh Allen is actually trying to push the ball down the field and, you know, uh, actually completing some passes against a pretty good defense. So the intrigue on him is is humongous for this game. And uh, the one thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to go back to was what he learned and how, how much is being made about that. I don't necessarily think that we are going to To see on the field the things that he has learned. Because through it all, what is most important for him to learn about how to do things on the field is by actually being out there and doing them. And he hasn't had that for five weeks now. So the things that he even he alluded to, like how to approach... You know, being a leader. You know, speaking up when he needs to. Uh, you know, going through walkthroughs, re- really uh, getting the most out of those, and and all of these, all of these secondary things that you don't think about when it comes to quarterback play, but that's still important to the the broad picture of him as a leader, as a quarterback, everything like that. But I I just don't know if I mean he's there's not some magical potion of uh, while he's injured to that he drinks that just says okay now he's a better pocket passer he, he's not that's not going to improve until he actually uh, he's actually out there getting those reps and finding success by staying in the pocket and then continuing to replicate that because he found that success and that's that's why it's so important to get
1: him out there these last 6 games yeah i think there's something to be said for figuring out you know, you've had this chunk of games at the beginning of the season, having some time to go back and look at them more intensely than you did in the moment because you're preparing for the next opponent and things start to kind of snowball and that's how bad habits are created to have a month off and to sit back and say, all right, let's look at these games, see what I did. Let's watch guys like Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley who have gone through this before prepare for a game. What are they noticing in film that I'm not noticing? And maybe just continuing to study the offense and getting a better understanding of it could lead to more confidence. And, you know, when you feel more prepared, you feel more confident and more organized and everything like that. And so perhaps his thought process will start to speed up and the game can slow down a little bit for him. But a lot of these little things that, you know – When he gets hit, you know a lot of that's gonna kind of fly out the window. All of a sudden, you're in a game again, and bullets are flying, and you revert back to your habits. So, Mm -hmm. the the important thing is, you know, what did he learn off the field, and how much of that can he take onto the field and feel a little bit more comfortable? Because he didn't really get to work with the receivers during that time because he wasn't able to throw. But I think there was a lot of the between the ears stuff that he does need you know, quite a bit of work on, there was a case to be made that, you know, they should have sat him if they had any reasonable alternative for a good chunk of this season. Yeah. They were kind of forced to do that. And so I think there's some small benefit to him, but like I said, this isn't exactly a, an easy test to just get back out there and get your feet wet because uh, unless the Jaguars have one of those days on defense where they're, you know, nothing's working, which they've had this season, if they look anything like they did against the Steelers last week, it's not right. gonna be easy, regardless of of how much extra work he got off the field.
0: I mean, but we can bring it back to when he made his first start against the Chargers. I think we, we kinda of had this discussion where it's like, yeah, put him out there against against the best defense or a really good defense. Let's see let's see what he's all about. And I think having him go up against this team, which will probably be the best defense he faces through the rest of the season. I, I don't think that's that much of a stretch considering it's the Jets, the Lions, the Dolphins twice, and the Patriots in, in addition to that. So, yeah, let, let's see what he does because if he's able to sustain some success against this defense, then you have a building block to go forward, especially going up against some teams that are a little bit weaker on that side of the ball. So, so this is... This is an important day for Josh Allen. Uh, you know, is he going to fall back into the bad habits of leaving the pocket too early and and everything that we've been mentioning throughout the year? I mean, you have to also consider, okay, what would be a success for this guy in, in this game, in this spot after coming off of a a four to five week injury? And I wonder if it's just putting together some throws and a scoring drive or two that where he is the significant factor of it. I think that that is what will help the Bills grow offensively because now, you know, from the last time we saw Josh Allen, they at least have some better pieces around him. And not to say that too much has changed completely, but, I mean, Wyatt Teller's in there for Vlad Dukas, and that was an upgrade last week. Um, you have Zay Jones, who has maybe not t- turned a corner is a bit of a strong statement, but you have Zay Jones, who has definitely improved over the time that Josh Allen has been away from the team, um, or a- away from the uh, the playing field, I should say. And in addition to that, you have, uh, you have some other offensive pieces that have kind of come up, like... Isaiah McKenzie, who's now showing is showing uh, a little bit of a spark, even though he only had a, a handful of snaps in that game. You know, th- this is having those pieces, some competent pieces, and, you know, LaShawn McCoy coming off a 100-yard day himself, these are all factors that will help Josh Allen. Because if, if Jacksonville shuts down the running game, then it, it might be a long day for Josh. But if they're able to do some things on the ground and open things up a little bit more for him, you know, we, we might be able to see him have the success to kind of mimic that drive right before he got hurt, when when he completed his best pass of the season. Uh, that Fans really just want to see more of that, so I think that
1: would be the best case. Yeah, more plays like that, regardless of the stat sheet. I mean... Yeah, I agree. I think over the last... Brian Dable was rattling off some of these stats the other day, but the Jaguars don't allow 300-yard passers mm-hmm. unless they're playing the Steelers. And the Steelers are type the type of team that's just going to air it out against anybody and everybody. And some of the plays that the Steelers were making in the passing game, those aren't throws we've seen Josh Allen make. Mm-hmm. Tight window throws, back shoulder throws. Some of them were guys you know, creating yards after the catch and things like that, but a lot of it was Ben Roethlisberger being willing to take chances with the football and being willing and being able to put it in spots um, that are just impossible for the defensive guys to make plays on it. And even a handful of those plays I think would be a a welcome sign from Josh Allen. I mean, his best game of the season, he didn't even have any really too many of those, Mm -hmm. you know, it was all with his legs and, That's going to be a challenge in this game with the front four that the Jaguars have and the pass rush they can create when they're getting after it for him to not rely too much on his legs and to keep himself out of harm's way, get the ball out on time, make the simple plays. Like Matt Barkley didn't do anything spectacular against the Jets. Mm -mm. He made the simple play that was there. He got the ball out on time. And receivers made plays, and he got lucky at times. That he, that yeah. that his screw ups didn't come back to bite him. And that's not need, to take away from his performance, but it also has to be noted. Yeah, you need to get some breaks. Yeah, absolutely, to, to have a game like that. And even then, he only had two hundred and thirty some yards, right. so he didn't, you know, light the stat sheet up by any means. But the Jaguars, I mean, even in that playoff game against the Bills last year, really just put the clamps on guys. I mean, who on this Wide receiver depth chart is going to get separation from Bouye and Ramsey. I I don't think that's necessarily realistic. So mm-hmm. a lot of that has to fall on Brian Dable scheming guys open and finding creative ways to get guys in space and you know keep the defense off balance. Maybe that's Isaiah McKenzie who was able to do a little bit of that uh, against the Jets with you know certain end arounds or play action on the end around and um, just giving the defense different looks so that you're not just trying to beat because the Jaguars are just going to come out and they're probably just going to play man coverage on the outside because that's been the recipe for success against Josh Allen and these receivers is dare those guys to beat you because you know they won't be able to. And they can do that against almost any team in the league. They can especially do it against Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. And so that's going to be the challenge for, for the Bills is and for mostly for Brian Dable is finding ways to get different guys open out of the slot, you know, out of the backfield, tight ends, running backs, and you know, creating some simple, easy completions for Josh Allen to build some confidence and, and get things going against his yeah, defense. Yeah, b- and but I
0: know you brought up the back shoulder throws. We haven't seen that from Josh. We saw that like in training camp. We saw it in preseason. I, you know, for me, that was one of my favorite throws of his throughout the summer months because. It seemed like he was throwing those with confidence and putting him putting those in a perfect spot for the receiver to come back to get to. And sometimes they would they would hum out out of bounds, but that's to be expected sometimes because the timing isn't always going to be there on, on those back shoulder throws. But you know, I think that's that's an area that if you're not totally convinced in your receivers to gain separation, And to beat the cornerbacks just flat out, then that is a way to still move the chains while utilizing the most special characteristic that Josh Allen has, which is his arm. And, you know, even watching him today at practice, he was humming him in there. And that was a stark difference from, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we first saw him on the field because he was a little bit more hesitant, kind of taking a little bit off it. Not, Not like... 50% Fifty percent off it or anything, but just maybe like ten to fifteen percent. And now he's he's humming it back in there. So I I'd, I'd like to see him try those throws. I, I'd like to see him just try throws in general, um, in instead of evading the pocket or utilizing his legs more often than not, and because that's where you get in trouble and that's where you put yourself potentially in jeopardy of an injury. I mean, we should not under any circumstances, see Josh Allen try to hurdle a defender on on Sunday. That would be the worst case scenario for him, for them, because that is a recipe for disaster. But you you still want him to use his legs because it was still a good part of his game. But that said, you just don't want it to take over and have him think that that's the only way to do it because then you become even more predictable. And all you have to do is just get some... Internal push into the pocket, and then you know he's going going to the races and and trying to do things on his own. Whereas you know, just stay calm in the pocket, have some good design plays, and win consistent or not consistently, just win early on uh, with those with those types of throws. To to what you said, so I I think I think there will be chances for him. In the early stages of the game, but he has to capitalize on those. And if he does that, then that can help permeate things and and help him have a little bit more confidence. Because I think that's probably the biggest thing about this, for being away as long as he was. Confidence and getting his throwing swagger up. Because it was clearly not there when
1: right near the end there, right before he got injured. And you know what's kind of an interesting layer to all this, and I don't even know if it... I have to think it creeps into a 21-year-old quarterback's head that the main guy on the other side of the field said that he was trash and that he can't wait to pick him off. It creeps into your head one way or the other, whether it's, I want to prove this guy wrong, or it. it's just that's part of being young and part of being a young quarterback is... That you're not as good at blocking that stuff out as maybe Ben Roethlisberger or these other guys that were criticized by Ramsey. I mean, he criticized just about everybody, so he's put himself on, you know, in the spotlight of almost every game they play because those questions get asked and the other team is thinking about it. But I do wonder how this young team handles dealing with a guy like that on the field because he runs his mouth and backs it up. Mm-hmm. And will Josh Allen shy away from going over there? Will he maybe take a few chances because he wants to show the guy up? I don't know. But and will Jalen Ramsey get a shot at, you know, mouthing off to Josh Allen a little bit? I you know, he he takes every chance that he can get. And I think that's an interesting layer to all this when you're talking about a guy that you know, he's coming off a little bit of a break, and he's had some confidence issues, as most rookies do. Now you're dealing with a guy who preys on people with confidence issues mm-hmm. and has very few confidence issues of his own, at least it appears, uh, from what he says. So I hope Jalen Ramsey never stops talking. He's, I, I, he's a treat. Yeah, I don't, like... Not everyone likes him. I, I like him. I like him. I don't like him as much as, like, I feel like I normally like guys who talk that much because a lot of it, when he went down the list and was just ripping on every quarterback so much of it seemed like off base or you know fair but for the guys that he's played a lot some of it was just like painfully accurate and you know he did have some you know really strong assessments on on some of these guys I would love to know what he thinks of Blake Bortles yeah he would (laughs) yeah soon he'll probably give an accurate response to that one day, but imagine if he played against Blake Bortles, what he would say about him. But it's amazing that, you know who I would love to hear what Jalen Ramsey has to say about is Blaine Gabbert. That would be something. I do have to say, I do have to shout out the Bills Beat listeners, because even though we didn't have an episode on Sunday, I think the streak continued. Why? Because Blaine entered the game, and Bills Beat listeners... Quite a few of them were tweeting at me instantly, you know, about Blaine being in the game. So I feel like that counts for the streak. How do you feel with your professional career being linked to Blaine Gabbert the way that you are? I enjoy it. I feel like <laughs> that. You know, I am I'm the Blaine Gabbert of sports writing. You know, wow. I'm just <laughs> I'm just out here Happy hanging Thanksgiving, around everyone, <laughs> hanging around, just underappreciated, but just going about my business. You know throwing awful picks. I'm it's probably not a flattering thing to say, but hey, this is what I am. This is I've made this bed and now I have to sleep in it. <laughs> well, did you uh, see the interception he had? I did see it. It, it. it was terrible. It was as if he did not think the one guy existed. <laughs> he just <laughs> threw it right into his chest. Wasn't there was none of his players around and it was just it was great. He's also got a horrible mustache. He's just the worst. Wow. But here but here he is. What a know? flip. He's employed. Yeah. So he's employed. Making a lot of money and to do it. Are are these Jaguars worse off at quarterback than they were under Blaine
0: Gabbard? They need to stop drafting players with the first three
1: letters BLA. Well, they need to stop drafting guys with weird names like that Blake and Blaine. Blaine those weird those those are just strange names remember once upon a time Blake Bortles
0: had like a semi-decent season and it's like, threw a whoa, lot of touchdowns yeah he did and everyone's Dave
1: Caldwell like, was strutting around that was
0: his second year right
1: yeah yeah and then it all came crashing down but that's the problem that's why you're better off having blaine gabbert you know he's terrible and (laughs) you're like we need to move on from this guy the problem with blake bortles is you got a false promise of success right you're like oh we made the playoffs with blake bortles so maybe he's good maybe we should just give him millions and millions of dollars and guys like him and i don't know it's He's really bad. He's almost at this point. He's about as bad as Blaine Gabbert was. And then, and right. But he's also making way more money, and they've committed to him for way longer, and they're still committed to him. Yep. Because of the money, so it's a an absolutely awful position to be in. And the Jaguars, who looked like Super Bowl contenders at one point, oops, three are and really seven, <laughs> in trouble in the future. Oh like, yeah. Doug Marone has a bit of a mess on his hands. He's got a a terrible quarterback that he's tied to. A defense with that you just can't keep for salary cap reasons Mm -hmm. and basically your star player is a running back who has hamstring problems Mm -hmm. because he's so tightly wound. And that's not really the long term outlook is not great. They probably should have once upon a time just sat at four and took Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, but they took a running back and now the course of their franchise is really you're not sitting there saying that the Jaguars are in such a better better shape long term than the Bills are. They have a lot more talent I think and young rising talent but they also have a lot of guys that they're not going to be able to pay right. and that they're going to have to move on from right. and they have a quarterback who is really really bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not ideal not ideal
0: for good old Doug and uh, Tom Coughlin and all the like um, all right, we've been we've been doing some really serious talk for the first 28 minutes here, but I, I want to bring it back to something we promised the listeners a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. We're we're talking about the stretchers at uh, at Bill's practice. I know there's been at least two or three listeners that have tweeted like, "Hey." That's great and all, but what about the stretch power rankings? Didn't get those. And if if you weren't with us in that episode, it, the genesis of this was, you know, stretching. It seems like a pretty obvious thing for professional athletes, right? Doing it before practice, doing it after practice, taking it seriously. And I think that the stem of this conversation was Derek Anderson just like kind of casually throwing his his leg up there. And he, he is in concussion protocol, so... Or, yeah. He still is, he's, still he's progressing. He is progressing. Concussion protocol. But, you know, it just it was just kind of like a half-hearted flip-up of the leg. And that got us to talking. What about what about the rest of the team? What do they do? And I think there are some pretty jarring results from watching these players
1: stretch. It's who, eye-opening. Yes. Who, either good or bad, stands out to you? I think the best stretcher I've observed. Over the last couple of years, is Sean McDermott? <laughs> he he, he's get, a he gets really after it. Good stretcher, and I don't know what exactly he's stretching for, but he's stretching, and it it is funny to think about the last two coaches stretching the way Sean McDermott does sometimes. Oh my God, you're so right. And the last three, Chan. Could you imagine
0: Chan stretching <laughs> the way Sean McDermott did? But Sean oh McDermott was.
1: Is quite the stretcher, yeah, and he puts a lot of effort into it and tries to set the tone. And the tone sometimes trickles down to other guys. And you know what? You know what he's stretching for? For life, yeah. And that's a that's a good thing to do. It is. It's always good totally to be well stretched. Yep. Somebody ought to tell some of the other guys on this yes. team,
0: though, including my personal favorite, my number one non-serious stretcher on the Buffalo Bills. Jordan Phillips, the big man, six foot six, three hundred forty pounds. Gosh, does he not give a damn about <laughs> stretching? At least before practice, anyway. Maybe before the games, they're different because there it's more of a higher output. But my goodness, today, just watching him, just basically dancing the entire time and calling out to his other teammates, trying to take their attention away from stretching. And then once the, uh, the the strength and conditioning coach came over to him, he, he, put, he got down on one knee, put his two hands on on the other on the other knee that was up and it wasn't even a stretch. it was just like all right, take a knee man.
1: <laughs> I, I have some instructions to give to you. The yeah. dancers are the ones who yes. don't do a good job stretching. No. They get distracted by the music unless you stretch dance, which is different, but these guys don't stretch dance. Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, is he's one on my list as well. He is a big dancer, but doesn't really stretch. But the weird thing is, he's flexible. Like when he does stretch, maybe that's maybe he's just blessed with good flexibility and doesn't right. feel like he needs to stretch. But he is a guy that is always dancing mm-hmm. instead of stretching. Mm-hmm. Which Joe Webb used to dance instead of stretching, but he got his stretches in. Yeah, he would. He was efficient with his dancing. Right, and. I don't feel Ray Ray McLeod's learned that yet, but he's young and perhaps as he matures in this league he will he will learn how to dance and stretch.
0: A uh another not so serious stretcher I, I found was Kelvin Benjamin. Which
1: yeah, which will shock everybody. <laughs> he but, is also not flexible yeah, at all. Yeah. Not very bendy, not very twitchy. Kelvin Benjamin, by the way, had a lot to say this week. Yeah, he did. About, he had a lot to say about all you guys, all you meanies on social media bombarding him. He can't even go on Twitter and Instagram anymore because all you guys out there keep saying mean things about him. You know what, I feel like... I have never said anything (laughs) mean about Calvin Benjamin. I feel like
0: I have seen more fans tag his handle... He does get a lot of it. anyone else. And he's
1: like, he he was kind of just saying it, it it was a somewhat human moment. He's like, man, I used to like going on there and messing around. And he's like, I can't even do it anymore because every time I go on, there's somebody saying something about me or wanting me cut or whatever else. And he was sort of speaking about the season in past tense, which is a strange thing to do with six games to go. (laughs) He's like, oh, I've never had a season like this. Uh, This is a bad season or, you know, this was a bad season and, talking about wanting a fresh start in the offseason once he finds a team, but he quickly corrected himself and said, or if I'm still here in <laughs> Buffalo, which was like, well, yeah, probably not. Uh, I don't know, uh, man. So It might be the, that ship might have sailed. Yeah, he... Or sank. He, yeah, he had a lot to say, and not a lot of it was stuff that a lot of people probably want to hear from a guy that, has already been called into question for effort problems. And I mean, he's got a stat I dug up this week that was fun for me, maybe mm. just for me, <laughs> because I enjoy these things. Well, I enjoy it. Julio Jones has more catches, yards, and touchdowns on third down this season than Kelvin Benjamin has on all downs. Mm. Which, yeah, Kelvin Benjamin has about 300 yards and a touchdown got like 21 22 catches something like that yeah he's averaging two two, he's also averaging like 1.15 yards per route run oh god which is yeah oh my goodness yeah he's not having an easy go it's got it 20 catches 302 yards one touchdown. His snaps
0: have to keep going down. They can't continue to trot him out there. They can't. I mean, they brought in Deontay Thompson. He's probably going to be starting before too long. Robert Foster is still going to get some run because he flashed against the Jets. I I would assume Isaiah McKenzie's role gets heightened at least a little bit. Ray Ray McLeod, I still really don't know what to make of him at this point. He just hasn't really been an effective player anywhere that they've put him. So, uh, either way, though, I I think Calvin's probably got to take a back seat. It's just
1: the production, everything. It all it all lines up. But we've we've someone made the comparison this week which I thought fit in some ways to Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, definitely. And I could see that. Because I don't think Ryan O'Reilly was intentionally bad for the locker room. Like I don't think he was a bad guy. But I think removing him helped the overall vibe in there. Yeah. Same goes for Calvin Benjamin. I don't think he's a bad guy I don't think his effort problems are quite as bad as they're made out to be, but I do think he kind of cast a weird cloud mm-hmm. in that room. And from and the only way I would say is different is, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's out there scoring a lot of goals and leading the Blues in points. He's still productive when he got a change of scenery. I don't really envision that happening with Kelvin Benjamin. I could be wrong. It could be a case where somebody finds a way to use him and gets him a bunch of touchdowns. But I just don't envision that that happening. And Ryan O'Reilly was never really not productive in Buffalo. It was more just the uh, depressing tone he always took. And Kelvin Benjamin's got a little bit of that to him yeah. as well. Even in the ways that Kelvin should be used, he's still not making those plays, which is
0: probably why it's not going to happen for him wherever he, he goes next. Because odds are it's not going to be here in Buffalo in 2019 and beyond. All right, let's uh, quickly get to predictions of... This game, uh, the Bills taking on the Jaguars. The spread is three. The Jaguars are favored
1: by three. So At least last I checked. Let me double check.
0: Well, I'm locking you in to Jaguars favored by three. You want to be accurate just so you can make your pick here. The spread is important. It is. And huh? because you're making the pick first. So I th- I, th- I say we just go with three. If that's what you first saw,
1: then, then let's say, Yeah, you can't find it? <laughs> yeah, three-point favorites. Okay, Jaguars are three-point favorites. So go right ahead. Or they opened as three-point favorites, so we're just going to go with the opening line. I think the Jaguars cover the spread. I think they win 17-13. to 13. I think Jalen Ramsey gets the interception that he's after. I think the sacks will pile up mm. a little bit mm-hmm. for Josh Allen, and I I just can envision this Jaguars defense coming out angry. I think they're so pissed off at their own offense that they're going to come out and continue to play the way that they've played. I think they have a little bit of something you know, something to prove to themselves here in the last six games to show everybody else that, yeah, the Jaguars have three wins, but it's not because of us. It's not because you know, we're letting the team down. It's because our quarterback is a ramrod. And so I think they're going to play really good defense. And I think against this Bills team, that's enough. I think the Bills will play good defense. They'll probably get a pick of Blake Bortles or three. He's not going to throw it. But that's the thing. They don't let him throw. And so you're going to have to – you'll just eventually get worn down by Leonard Fournette for a drive or two, and that'll probably be enough in a game like this. See, I'm a little conflicted with this game because the Jaguars
0: defense played – played really well early on against the Steelers. Of course, you know, the Steelers came back and, and got that game. But I, and then then you also have to factor in the Blake Bortles factor. But I also know that the Steelers' defense is nothing compared to what the Bills' defense is right now, which is what kind of brings me back into thinking, wait, do the Bills have a shot in this game? Because you have to think, the Bills are going to be keying on the run. They're going to want Blake Bortles to try and beat them, and as any team would do with Blake Portals as the quarterback of the team. So I wonder, I wonder if this Jags team is actually going to be an effective bunch against uh, against the Bills' run defense because that's the way that they're going to have to win the best. I, it's really going to come down to turnovers. I think odds are it's – it's uh, the the two teams combined will probably go for less than 40. I, I don't think that's that's much of a stretch. So, I don't know. I, I have a bit of a premonition. I think I'm going to take the Bills. And it's really all to do with Lake Bortles. Nothing else. I mean, I, the Jags defense, really good. Jalen Ramsey is so much fun to watch on the field. And... He probably will pick off Josh Allen in in that game because Josh Allen's probably going to try to test him, and Ramsey's really good and he's and he, he usually comes ahead on those tests. But I, I just I just can't see this Jags offense moving the ball so consistently against a Bills defense that's really come into their own over the last month or so of the season. So I'm going I'm going with the Bills at home and that that line three points. You would almost think, like with the uh, with the overall sentiment about the Bills that that exists out there, people looking at that going, "Oh, the Jags are way better than the Bills." Chuck as many dollars as I have on the Jaguars. I don't know that that uh, that line
1: kind of creeps me out a little bit. Vegas always knows. Yeah, that's the the lesson to be learned here. And- so I'm am t- I'm, I'm going with Vegas here. I'm, I'm taking Bills. I'll allow it. Yeah. I'm, I I feel like it's a very much a possibility. I don't think this game has blowout written all over it. I don't know that the Jaguars, as they're constructed, are capable of that unless they can run all over a team. And I just don't know that they're going to. I, I think the Bills have been good enough against the run. If Trent Murphy's back, they're right. even better against the run. Shaq Lawson popped up on the injury report with an elbow injury. He's pretty important to their run defense. But mm-hmm. overall, I think... It's easier to play run defense when you know it's coming. and <laughs> True. The one thing that the Jaguars did well in that playoff game was let Blake Bortles use his legs, and that was a bit of a problem for the Bills. So I wonder if they're going to you know, figure out some way to, to get him out in space. But it'll be an interesting game. I think the Bills will very much be in it and have a chance to win. I think it comes down to which defense makes a play. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the Jags have more playmakers. And if Josh Allen can make plays on offense, that, that will be
0: the biggest test of all. All right, so that will do it for us. Um, I, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I hopefully I speak for Mr. Fairburn as well. As I wish you all a uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Do I do I speak for you? Sure. Okay. Okay. He's he's allowing go, he's go
1: forth enemy. and prosper.
0: Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And even if you listen to this uh, after the fact, uh, we appreciate you listening. Hope you had a wonderful holiday and all of that good stuff. We will next talk to you um, from the press box at New Era Field, following the barn burner between the Bills and the Jaguars, both 3-7 and on the season, and Josh Allen likely to play his first game since mid-October. Should be fun. We'll talk to you then. See ya.